0: Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF.
1: Hey, what's up? Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Scene ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports as David Cherba will produce the broadcast today. Uh, Lots going on. Uh, Gator softball taking on Stetson. Gator baseball taking on Bethune-Cookman. Nick Pogue will get the start for the Gators tonight. Uh, You can hear the game here. And we're going to have Bethune-Cookman's coach, Jonathan Hernandez, uh, to talk about his team in about 10 minutes. Also today, Johnny Wiggs, Santa Fe College baseball coach. Want to congratulate him. A milestone victory yesterday for Wigsy. 500th career win as Santa Fe College's baseball coach. And Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will talk a little national football league. And certainly there's a lot to talk about there. If you're a Bucks fan, you get Leonard Fournette back. He's re-signed with the Bucs. They're getting the band back together because Tom Brady got the band back together. So uh, we'll, we'll delve into a lot of those things today. Um. Oh, uh, both men's and women's Sweet 16s now set. The SEC isn't exactly well represented here. Arkansas is holding up the is atlas for the SEC and for the men. Last night, uh, Tennessee won. So they're in the Sweet 16. South Carolina is in the Sweet 16. LSU lost. Yeah. And how about UCF? The team that beat Florida gave UConn a tough game last night because UCF plays stifling defense. They held UConn to. Fit. If you'd have said before last night, <clears throat> UConn scores 53 points, I might think UCF would win. But I think the final score was 53-47, so UConn goes to the Sweet 16. Tomorrow at 12:30, you'll hear from the new. Gator men's basketball coach and the Gator athletic director, Scott Strickland, who will come out of mothballs tomorrow to uh, talk to you, which is good. Uh, also tomorrow, Gator men uh, at the NCAA swimming and diving championships. We wish them luck. They've done very well. All right. Oh, and uh, lacrosse plays tomorrow, too. They, they'll play Stetson. A lot of talk yesterday about Florida's new basketball coach. Some are skeptical. Well, the hiring process now is finished in the SEC. And the point that was made by some people yesterday that Florida deserved a bigger name coach. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that South Carolina Missouri, maybe even LSU, uh, has as much basketball pedigree as Florida has. But look who those programs hired. LSU hired the guy I thought Florida would hire from Murray State. Look who South Carolina hired. Look who Missouri hired. Okay, It isn't Mike Krzyzewski those coaches don't normally leave. When you got a good gig, you don't normally leave a good gig. You know, did did Ray Tanner at South Carolina make a phone call to, to Coach Drew or make a phone call to Jay Wright? I wonder how many South Carolina fans are saying that today after who they hired. After all, South Carolina was in a Final Four five years ago, right? It just doesn't happen that much, right? So now the league is set, and we're going to see Lamont Paris at South Carolina. Yeah. He is the coach at Chattanooga. not Tom Izzo, not anybody like that, okay? Mississippi State has a new basketball coach, right? Look around the SEC, right? You look at Mississippi State. Chris Jans is there next coach. John Cohen, former Gator baseball assistant coach, now the AD over there, hired him, and guess where he is? came from. Well, it it wasn't. He's only been a Division 1 coach for 6 years. So, you're not getting people I believe he was at New Mexico State, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm running that. So you're not getting people from Duke and North Carolina and, you know, wherever else to go coach now. All these schools are getting up and comers. Very difficult to get and look what Mississippi State did with Ben Howland. How did that hire work out? He was an established coach. You don't think Mississippi State fans were happy when Ben Howland got hired? He coached at UCLA, right? Or not UCLA. Ohio State. I mean he he's coached other places, is my point. And it didn't work out. Sometimes it doesn't work out, right? So hopefully for all those schools. It does, but we will see. All right, uh, we will take your calls, 392-8255. Uh, and I wanted to make sure I was right. Ben Howland coached at UCLA for 10 years, 10 years, including playing Florida, back in Florida's glory days. But he'd coached at Pittsburgh, and he coached at UCLA before getting hired at Mississippi State. So my only point is... When he was hired, a veteran coach, you'd think it would work out. It didn't. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Three nine two eight two five five. you can email russell at wruf.com. Aaron says, excited for any new coach coming in. I don't get what people are talking about offense. Lots of things are cookie-cutter today. Monkey see, monkey do. I agree with you about what Coach White coming in here and his offensive assessment. Okay, Uh, John sent me something yesterday about if, if Coach Cal was let go at Kentucky, who they would get, but he actually says he's watching videos on Coach Golden and the experts keep describing him as analytically savvy. What do you think that actually means? How's that a tribute in a head coach to help a team win? If that is the most common trait a coach is first described as, does that concern you? Would you rather be described as a relentless recruiter, innovative offensive mind, great teacher of the fundamentals? Well, analytics, and this is way above my pay grade here, John, but analytics has crept into everything and into every sport, okay? Analytics are things like, how many points do you get per possession? how many, it, it goes into all of that. So do I think that's important? Yes, I do. that That's analytics is part of it it shows offensive offensive efficiency. It shows defensive efficiency, things like that. so So yes, but is it something that the lay public is used to hearing? No You're, to your point. You used to hear relentless recruiter, uh, you know, a proven winner, all that kind of stuff. But, but now the analytics part is part, part of what athletic directors look at when it comes to hiring of a coach. That's just part of it. Michael says, perhaps next week you and Mark could discuss how it's determined which conferences are better than others. Notre Dame and Carolina had good records but were unranked and given less desirable seeds because the ACC was deemed a relatively weak conference. That's based primarily on non-conference games early in the season. That's a small sample size. Doesn't take into account improvement. That bias gets locked into the equation and can be misleading. This is two years in a row the Big Tens underperformed. The SEC has underperformed as well. Was Bama really considered superior to Carolina and Notre Dame based on performance? Perhaps there should be some non-conference play at the end of the season as well, Scott. I think you make some good points. I would also say, however, that sometimes it is who you're matched up against, and I, I talk about that all the time, right? Sometimes you can be a good team, but if you match up against your kryptonite, it doesn't. You don't look as good right? I mean, look at Carolina against, who would have ever thought if the big guy from Carolina doesn't get tossed in that game, that might have been a blowout. I don't think that game would have been nearly as close as it became when it went to overtime. So sometimes it is about just who you match up with. Twelve thirteen time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. Bethune-Cookman comes in to play the Gators in baseball tonight. You'll hear from their head coach next. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now
2: on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Ethan Badowski. Three Gator sports in action today, including live golf as we speak. The better in action at the Lager Longer Invitational in Georgia. Currently, the Gators are 3-under for the day and in third overall at 15-under par. Softball travels down the road to face the Stetson Hatters at 6 p.m. tonight. The ladies enter off a series win over the Texas A&M Aggies and are 25-3 of the year. Tonight is the first of two against Stetson this week before a weekend series against Tennessee. And finally, baseball returns home after their weekend series win over Alabama to host Bethune-Cookman tonight. The Gators are 15-5 on the season and moved up to 8th in the rankings. You can hear the game right here beginning at 5.55 p.m.
1: At Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Ethan Badowski.
0: 1 FM, AM, WRUF.
1: The Ocala-Gainesville real estate market is still humming along. Home values have gone up and it's been a real seller's market. But how long will that continue? What are the trends going forward? Well, as you look to possibly buy or sell a home, those things are really important. They can be tricky. So that's why I... Always endorse my friend and trusted realtor, Scott Caldwell, with your home sold guaranteed realty. And here's the reason why. He already has buyers. He already has people willing to buy your home right now at the price you're looking for. And he has hundreds of buyers. When it comes to selling your home, he can help you do that too with the least hassle possible and putting the most money into your pocket because he already has those buyers, over 8,000 of them, it makes selling your home easier and makes buying another home really good as well. So don't forget, call Scott Caldwell today, 352-209-0000, or visit CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com. That's CaldwellHasTheBuyers.com.
3: Now that the big game is over and a champion has been crowned, football is done for another year. But wait, the USFL is back this spring. Hi, this is Tom Collette at Electronics World. With more football on the way, as well as March Madness, MLB, the Masters, and more, it's time to grab a new Sony TV for your man cave. At Electronics World, we've got both LED and OLED models to choose from in a variety of sizes up to 85 inches. Visit us at Electronics World in Gainesville today or online at electronicsworld.net. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate, and remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall, we do them all. Gator baseball season is in full swing, and you'll catch every second of the action right here on WRUF. Gator baseball broadcasts are sponsored in part by Florida Coast Equipment, your local Kubota dealer. Visit FloridaCoastEQ.com.
4: This message is sponsored by the Florida Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. My name is Deborah. I serve as a district manager for the Florida Long-Term Care Ombudsman Program. I am passionate about helping others and advocating to protect the quality of life and the rights for those who many times cannot help themselves you can make a difference in someone's life today. Visit us at ombudsman.myflorida.com to learn more.
5: Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like, an official offer to buy or trade your car. Just enter your VIN or license plate, answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule time to meet. For all of the it's, KBB.com.
0: Coming in April, Tampa Bay Rays baseball. Right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
2: This is
5: Gator soccer coach Tony Amato, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
1: Welcome back to Sports Scene. Coming up today after Coach Hernandez, Johnny Wiggs at Santa Fe College, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. Don't forget, tomorrow at 12.30, we'll have the live press conference Introducing Florida's new men's basketball coach, he and Gator Athletic Director Scott Strickland uh, will be doing that. We will carry that live and bring it to you uh, during sports scene. So that will take place coming up tomorrow and hope that uh, you will enjoy that. Well, Bethune-Cookman's coming to town to take on the Gators. They are 8-11 and 11 overall. Uh, they played... Five away games. They are one and four. They have played Florida Gulf Coast. They have played Florida International University. They've beaten Jacksonville University. They've beaten Stetson University and played UCF pretty close. And also with LSU, uh, played them two competitive games, and that's Florida's next opponent. They lost 8-7 to seven and 5-1, to one, uh, and they just completed a sweep of jackson state university i think coach is here coach Hernandez, you there
6: uh yeah i'm here
1: okay good glad to have you coach thanks for doing this um i just kind of went down your schedule you played a lot of teams very familiar to florida fans here coach so you know as you assess your season you know some 20 games in what have you seen from your team what do you like
6: um i i mean I, you look at our schedule and you're absolutely right these are opponents that that are familiar to, to florida fans but you know, for us, we wanted to put together a tough schedule um, with the long history and tradition of Bethune-Cookman, uh, you know, 19 conference championships in 22 years in the Eastern Athletic Conference. It's a situation where we know where if we get an opportunity now in the SWAC to compete for a regional championship, we're going to be going to either Gainesville, you know, Florida State Regional or Miami Regional. So uh, putting our guys in a situation to compete amongst the nation's best is something that, um You know, we wanted to challenge our guys. We wanted to challenge our coaching staff and challenge our university to let them know that we do have a good baseball program here at Bethune. But um, I think for us, the objective is to get 1% better um, and try and be better, uh, a better team leaving, you know, some of these, you know, obviously nationally ranked teams and opponents that we've been playing as opposed to getting there. So um, I like where we're at. Um, It's a process. We understand that, and we're going to build from that um and at the end of the day that experience is going to pay dividends down the road for us um you know as we get going in SWAT conference play
1: tonight you start a lefty Alec Mendez no record tell me about him
6: um Alec's a uh, workhorse for us man I mean just the, the way he's handled adversity um you know he was a Saturday starter for us in 2020 um and as we know the pandemic kind of shut that down for for everyone and you know for those that don't know you know Bethune Cookman uh, opted out of athletics for the 2021 season so Um, He was set to go, um, you know, to another NCAA institution, but the waiver got canceled or, you know, whatever it was. Um, And he ended up having Tommy John. So he's a guy that he's going to make his first start of the year, um, his second appearance. Um, But he's going to be a lefty. He's going to throw strikes. He's going to compete. And uh, he's a bulldog on the mound uh, for
1: sure. Um, You know, hitting-wise, Coach, I know, you know, you'd like the number to be better. And sometimes you can get off to a slow start and get better. And you played a very competitive schedule Uh, Are you getting better offensively?
6: Uh, Yeah, I think we are. Like, we all know, right? I mean, hitting is tough, um, especially when we're facing the type of arms that, you know, that we're facing. But at the end of the day, you know, for us, we're going to put pressure on the defense. Um, We're going to capitalize on some mistakes. Um, Yes, you want the batting average and the power numbers to be better. uh, But from where we're at right now and, you know, how our offensive philosophy is, I think we're heading in the right direction. Um, You know, like I said, the experience of these guys – have had throughout the first 18, 19 games, it's going to provide uh, dividends down the road.
1: Playing teams like you have, LSU, because it, it gets you ready for conference play and you've gotten off to a good start there. Isn't that what that's really about, Coach, playing that good competition and getting you ready for the league?
6: Absolutely. Um, because we all know, especially you know in the SWAC, um, you know, there, there hasn't been uh, a team that has uh, earned an, an at-large bid. So you either have to win your conference or your season is over. So we put the schedule together knowing that um, to get us ready for the conference championship uh, or the conference uh, season as a whole. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to pay dividends down the road. And you know, for us, it's just trying to get 1% better, um, building it kind of brick by brick um, and get ready for conference play because at the end of the day, that's what's most important to us.
1: You know, given that you're throwing a guy tonight that hasn't thrown a lot and you have to you know get ready for a weekend, you're just going to piece it together tonight with some different arms?
6: Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to piece it together. It's probably going to be a staff day. You know, we're looking for Mendez to give us two innings or 35 pitches, whichever comes first. And then we're just going to piece it throughout the whole game. Like I said, for us, uh, the important uh, part about it, yes, you want to have a good showing um, as we have, you know, the last couple of weeks in our non-conference play. But, you know, we have to get ready for Alabama State, who's coming into town. And they also swept, uh, you know, last weekend, Florida A&M. So it's a situation where we're going to piece it together today, get the guys ready for this weekend.
1: You like the way you play defense so far?
6: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think opening weekend we had, I think we had maybe like eight or nine errors and that's very uncharacteristic of our ball club. We, you know, we preach uh, pitching and defense. Uh, We all know you're not going to hit your way to a championship. So as long as, you know, we pitch, we throw strikes and we play clean defense, uh, we're going to be okay. But definitely like the way that our ball club has handled, um, you know, the baseball throughout the last couple of weeks for sure.
1: Uh, I, I'm not sure, Sully. will ask you this tonight, but you just played LSU, and Florida's got LSU coming to town here, and you played them tough in, t- in two of the three games. What would you see with LSU?
6: Uh, man, that's uh, you guys will find out this weekend, no doubt. But a uh, very good ball club, Coach Jay Johnson, who you know is, is the head coach now, has done a great job with with that club. It, it's an exciting ball club, and you know I'm actually looking forward to that matchup with Florida and LSU. Just kind of watching uh, from afar. Uh, with our experience playing LSU and you know obviously the experience uh, after tonight uh, playing against the Gators
1: last question for you I I really like the approach you take Jonathan with because you understand your league is a one-bid league and that's where you know you have to ascend to and possibly get to you mentioned buy-in it sounds like your team has bought into what you're trying to do and, and and what you're trying to accomplish is that a fair statement
6: uh, yeah they bought in um you know every you know once we put the schedule out I think a lot of people kind of questioned uh why we were scheduling you know our you know the teams that we were scheduling due to the fact that we didn't play last year but uh we have a bunch of resilient guys um you know they get after it they're hard nosed they they roll up their sleeves and they get to work and at the end of the day you know the message is to get better uh no matter what the outcome is don't worry about the outcome just you know go ahead and trust the process and this is going to pay dividends uh down the road and believe it or not we have nothing to lose and everything to gain when we put this type of schedule when we're playing all these nationally ranked programs because I don't think that there's anyone in the country that gives us uh I guess a chance to compete with with the big guys uh, especially out of the SEC so you know the the way that the guys have handled themselves um you know mentally and and just all, all that stuff they definitely bought in it. again it's just a bunch of great dudes that at the end of the day it's it's about them it's about their experience this is an experience that's going to last a lifetime for them where 20, 30 years down the road, they're going to be able to have a reunion or talk to their grand- grandchildren and their family members. Like, I got an opportunity to go play at the box. I got an opportunity to go play at Florida, um, you know, with the type of teams that we play. So for us, it's providing them a, a, an experience that's going to that's last a lifetime. But they've definitely bought into, you know, what we're doing and, and what we're about to accomplish. Um, and I think you'll see that tonight.
1: That's great stuff. Uh, Bethune-Cookman of the Gators tonight. You can hear the game here beginning at 555. Coach, thank you for your time and uh, appreciate you taking it.
6: Thank you, appreciate it. Have a good one.
1: Okay, thank you, Coach. That is Coach Jonathan Hernandez from Bethune Cookman. He's absolutely right. I-, I love if what he just said. I'd love to play for him because you can get thirty or thirty-five wins if you play, you know, a non-competitive schedule. But what does that really get you? If your goal is to win your league and then get to the NCA tournament into a regional, well, then playing teams like Florida—now you don't want to play them every week—that that is for sure. But my goodness, uh, you get—it's a, a measuring stick playing Florida and LSU, and that's a good thing. Twelve twenty-seven. Time check. Brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. A big milestone win for Santa Fe College baseball coach Johnny Wiggs. He's here to talk about it next. ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF.
7: This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 a.m. WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Dave Mays
8: Automotive.
1: Who can you trust with your automobile these days? Hey, it's Steve Russell. As you drive around town, you'll see a lot of auto repair shop chain stores. Every time you go in there, there's a new person behind the counter with the same old song and dance, presenting you with a long list of expensive repairs. If you're tired of that type of treatment, Do what I and thousands of families have done since 1975. Trust Dave Mays Automotive. Dave Mays Automotive is family owned and operated and you can tell because they treat their customers like family. No long list of surprises, in fact their famous bug checks designed to prevent surprises. They do it all, they'll take care of your entire vehicle. Dave Mays Automotive is located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind Sonny's on Waldo Road. Trust Dave Mays Automotive, they'll get the bugs out.
8: Since
9: 1988, the Alachua Conservation Trust has helped preserve more than 54,000 acres of land and wetlands in 16 north-central Florida counties. From easements to historical preservation to environmental education, your donation to the Alachua Conservation Trust assures these lands and new ones are protected for generations to come. Visit AlachuaConservationTrust.org to learn more and to make a donation. That's AlachuaConservationTrust.org.
3: When it comes to taking care of your acreage, don't mess around. Toro Zero Turnmowers cut big yards down to size in less time. So you can spend more time hunting, fishing, or just enjoying the day. Built with comfort-enhancing, productivity-boosting features like my ride Suspension that take the ache out of acreage. Massive rear-drive tires for ultimate traction and ultra-durable iron-forged cutting decks you can rely on for years to come. Bowl through anything that dares get in your way. Toro. Count on it. Visit Toro dot com slash zero turn to find yours. UF
0: Weather Center. Here is your WRUF weather update.
4: After a warm and sunny afternoon, you'll notice increasing cloudiness this evening into the overnight. Low temperatures staying mild. They'll drop into the mid-60s. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and some peaks of sun. Highs still warm in the lower 80s, but we'll have a system approaching our area from the west. That's going to give us a good chance for thunderstorms tomorrow evening through Thursday. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski.
0: This, keep it on the down low here, is the Dan Patrick Show.
3: Former Jags coach Urban Meyer was unfamiliar with star players around the NFL, including Debo Samuel, Jamal Adams, and Aaron Donald. Urban Meyer reportedly said the following, Who's this 99 guy on the Rams? I'm hearing he might be a problem for us. How's
0: that possible? Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app.
1: Well... He may not know who 99 is, but he knows what 500 is. That's right. Santa Fe College coach Johnny Wiggs getting his 500th career win as Santa Fe's coach, and he now joins us to talk about the accomplishment. Wiggsy, thank you for doing this. Congratulations to you, my friend. That's a, a nice round number for you there.
8: <laughs> Thanks, Steve. It's uh, to get 500 wins here at Santa Fe is 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 awesome. It just means I've been been here a while had a lot of good players and some great assistant coaches to help me along the way and uh it's been a lot of fun this is what i've wanted to do forever
1: were the players aware of this
8: yeah our, our um yeah our, our uh john ernie our associate ad did a, does a great job with all everything around here and i think he sent out a lot of stuff and passed the word and those kind of things um yeah, so, you know, you know, I started my career at Polk. I got my first opportunity to sort of back home where I grew up and, um, and was down there eight seasons. But the last, you know, been here now 16 years, so 24 years as a junior college head coach. And, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I, I was telling somebody yesterday that, uh, um, when I decided that junior college level is where I wanted to be at, and, you know, this is where I always wanted to get back to. I uh, had a chance to play here, of course played at University of Florida, met my wife here. My wife was from Gainesville. So the goal was to always get back to Gainesville. <clears throat> Dr. Sasser uh, and Jim Keats, my AD, past AD, gave me that opportunity 16 years ago, and uh, it's been awesome ever since.
1: What kind of a season has it been for you so far?
8: Uh, we've been up and down. We, um, we're we 16-13 and 13 overall. We're 4-4 four and four in the conference. We lost. We were... We had four to five guys out at a time during non-conference, um, and most of them were starters for us. And I sort of think that really hurt our sort of rhythm and getting those guys' number at bats and so forth that they needed. But we got everybody back now and, uh, won a couple in a row here and hopefully got plenty of time. We got 22 more, 22 more conference games. It's a 30-game conference season this year. Um, so I like where we're at. I, I mean, of course, I'd like to be a few games better, but uh, I feel like we're healthy now and sort of starting to hit our stride a little bit.
1: Or have you had a year like that when you've had so many starters out?
8: No, not really. Um, you know, we had a couple years. In 2009, we started out really slow, uh, the year that we ended up winning the state and finishing national runner-up. So I'm, I'm trying to compare, <laughs> compare that team because I hope we finish like we did in 2009. <laughs> sure. uh, but... Um, You know, we've we've normally got out of the gates pretty good. We've normally been fairly healthy. So uh it was a you know, it was a little bit of bumpy road there in non conference as we're still trying to figure out the lineup. The good thing is we've got to play a lot of different people. And uh so a lot of different guys got a lot more experience than maybe they would have if everybody had been healthy. So I feel like we we're a lot deeper than we were uh with some experience there. But uh we'll need to finish strong. It's a good conference this year. Um, and uh, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll finish strong.
1: You mentioned that you had made a decision, Wigsy, to stay in junior college. Um, was did it take a long time to figure that out, or was it a pretty you know? Did you kind of realize that's where you wanted to be?
8: Well, you know, I, I got a chance to be a grad assistant when I was in um, when I was in grad school at the University of Florida. Coach Joe Arnold let me coach one year with them. I think it was '93. I got a chance to be the pitching coach at Jacksonville University from 95 to 99 time frame. And um, I had three young girls, and uh, boy, the junior college level is a little bit I, – I, you're at home a little bit more. You don't have as many long road trips. When I was at JU, would leave on Thursday and come back on Monday. You know, it was definitely tough on my wife, Wendy, of 31 years. And um, when I went to the junior college level, my wife said, Boy, I sort of like this. You're home most nights. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and uh, so we both enjoyed that. Uh, Family's uh, super, super important to me. My girls are, of course, are all women now, grown 28, 25, and 22. I got a a new grandson now. So um, uh, I'm definitely getting up there. But, yeah, that was probably the main reason uh why i decided to go junior college because it was such a such a little lot better home life and getting to be home with my girls a lot more
1: uh how much longer do you want to do this
8: uh you know again i've been a junior college coach for 24 years or so um i don't know you know i, I could do it six or seven more years i could do it 10 to 15 more years i really feel still feel really good uh, my wife has a great business it keeps me young And, um, and, um, so I I really enjoy it. I still throw a lot of batting practice. My arm feels good. I really enjoy being with the guys. Uh, they definitely keep me young out there. So we'll see. But, um, you know, I still love competing. I still hate losing more than I've ever hated it before. Uh, so I'm still, I'm still really enjoying what I do and really appreciate Santa Fe College for, for uh, this great opportunity and letting this guy do what he does. It's been a lot of fun. My my whole family has graduated from Santa Fe College, wife, three daughters, myself. Uh, this place has been really good to us and great college. And, of course, we've done some good things here on the baseball field as well.
1: No doubt. Let, let me end with this, Johnny. Uh, you've been around the game as a player, as a coach, for a long time. And, and you've seen the game change. And I don't want to put you on the spot here, but – you know, I can remember it wasn't that many years ago when you know, if you had one or two guys on your team that threw you know, 94, 95, <laughs> it was like, wow, that's, now it's almost like who doesn't do that? What are some of the biggest changes you've seen in the game in the long time you've been a head coach?
8: Well, there's no, there's no doubt everybody's so much more physical. You know, um, again, when I played at the University of Florida, we had two guys that touched 90 miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> two. You know, and if you threw 90 miles an hour, it was firm. It was hard. You know, uh, so you know the physicality has changed. Of course, now seems like more and more guys are getting hurt too, yeah. a lot more than we than we ever did, uh, and that comes with. You know, with with more physicality, more th- throwing harder, all those kind of things. The training methods that some of them use to get that extra velo is not always. I don't think it's always the safest route, but it gets them that extra velo and so forth. And because of the physicality, the games change a little bit more. Not not as many people bunt, not as many people run. You know, you, of course, you see that at the major league level. And uh, and I don't like it. I, again, I <laughs> I like doing the being able to be a complete baseball team and do do all the little things. You know, yesterday, we won a good game against Daytona and and really liked the way my guys, you know, we didn't bang it. Well, I think we only had seven hits in the game. We won six to one by uh, moving some runners over. We did a great sacrifice bunt. We had a couple sack flies. We did we did the little things. We played airless baseball. We stole some bases. But, you know, I love coaching that way rather than just sitting back, I guess, Maybe Earl Weaver made it famous just sitting back and waiting for the three run homer. Yeah. Uh, or Harvey's wall bangers with the with the, the Milwaukee Brewers, Brewers yeah. you yeah. know, who just banged the baseball. They were the first to start doing some of that stuff. But uh so I like the small parts of the game, but it's it's changed a lot. A lot more home runs, a lot more strikeouts, a lot more guys throwing hard. Uh but we try to do it you know, we try to of course do things that that our guys do well. And if that's playing small ball at times, that's playing small ball at times. One thing we do, we think we do very well, we, we throw a bunch of strikes over here. We may not strike out as many as some others do, but we, we really pound the strike zone, gives us a chance to win. And we, when we play airless baseball, then we also uh, we think it gives us a great chance to win.
1: Johnny Wiggs with 500 career wins at Santa Fe College as the head coach. When do you go for 5 one
8: <laughs> well, we go. We play. We play at Daytona tomorrow. Um, my sports information guy here, associate AD John Erland, I said does a great job. Says I'm actually going for 700 overall in my career. Jeez. Uh, we won. Uh, my. My assistant coaches and I had a chance to win 199 games, I'm told, at Polk uh, before coming here. So, like I said, Steve, I've been I've been around a long time. I'm getting old. I'm a granddad now. But uh, having, having a lot of fun, had a lot of great players here at Santa Fe and some great assistant coaches. And, like I said, appreciate the opportunity I've been given.
1: Well, I appreciate you, my friend. Congratulations on that honor. And uh, uh, stay healthy and have a good season. We'll talk to you soon.
8: Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it.
1: You got it. Johnny Wiggs. Uh, 500 wins, man, and that's just at Santa Fe. As he said, he's almost 700 wins when he was coaching over at Polk. Uh, all right, we'll have the phone lines open for a little bit uh, until we get uh, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here. And then in the 1 o'clock hour, I think we'll be free uh, to take your phone calls. And I hope that we get them, Three nine two eight two five five. You can email Russell at wruf.com. Uh, Mark says, Urban has a dry sense of humor at times. Any chance he, he was being sarcastic regarding his 99 comment? Uh, no. I don't think so. I, I look, I wasn't there. Okay. Could he have walked in a room and said, 99 eh, pretty? I mean, y- y- yeah. But the if you have not seen the, the article by The Athletic, that's not just the only thing. They talked about uh, DJ Chark had quite a few things to say uh, about how Urban treated the receivers, and you know, and and that just goes to show you. And I'm not throwing shade at him at all. What I am trying to say, however, is I think everybody just assumes that if you're a good college coach, you can just waltz in and be a good pro coach. Well, that's not necessarily the case. And look at the pe- look at Nick Saban. I mean, he's a pretty good college coach. Didn't do well in the pros. It's a different gig. And I wish I had I'm if somebody could really do this statistic, it'd be great. Let's just say in the last, I don't know, 30 years. Okay? Take a coach who was a head coach in college And here was that coach's record. And then that coach went to the NFL as a head coach. What was that coach's record? I wonder what that would show. Right? And my gut instinct tells me it would show that a majority of them didn't do well as pro coaches. Sam says, don't understand why most Gator fans think we're entitled to getting an elite basketball coach when it's very rare to leave an established culture and begin again. It takes more time, in my opinion, to set up a really good culture in basketball compared to football. I think UF fans think it's one and the same, and it's simply not. I'm excited to hear Coach Golden tomorrow. Hope he engages with the fans and boosters. I think Coach White checked out of that arena years ago. I don't want a rah-rah guy, but somebody who gets it when dealing with the fan base. Tampa Mike says no problem with the basketball hire. I bet you when Billy Donovan was hired, nobody knew who he was. And back in the 70s, UF hired a Dean Smith top assistant in John Lotts. And that wasn't a home run. But I say, let's get on board. This program needed a change, an injection of energy. We got it, and we'll see it tomorrow when the golden era is officially announced. Yeah, okay. Uh, And one more here. Uh, Troy sent me this email, and I'm going to just read part of it. Uh, And it was was very, very kind of him to to say some of the things he said, which I won't go into. But he said... um, uh, I prayed and gave thanks for your patience and calmness as I listened to the callers already complaining about the new basketball coach. Search was rushed. We need her, deserve an established winner. Need the next Billy Donovan. Strickland better get this right. He says, golly, give the guy a chance. And as Mark Wise said, there is no next Billy Donovan. Uh, Todd Golden's 36, has a three year 57 and 36 record uh, at San Francisco, including a COVID down year. Looks kind of similar at first glance. Want to get to know him and see what happens. There's a lot of fear, mistrust, and entitlement in the world. Sport should have joy, hope, fun, and respect in competing and striving to win, but having perspective that you can never win all the time. If winning is all it's about, that's ultimately sad and misses the big picture. Enjoy the journey. Everything changes. It's about mindset, hope, fun, Perseverance and possibilities or fear, anxiety, and nothing is quite good enough. Well, no? perspective. 1244, time check brought to you by Hayes, General ESPN, 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
0: Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
10: Good afternoon, I'm Victoria Cywick. Florida baseball is back in action tonight at home versus Bethune-Cookman. With this matchup, the Gators will look to improve their 15-5 season record. Catch coverage starting right here at 5.55. In softball, Florida is set for a pair of midweek games versus Detson. The fifth-ranked Florida Gators will travel to the land today to take on the Hatters. First pitch is set for six. And finally, in NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning face off against the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. The bolts are currently second in the Atlantic Division behind the Florida Panthers. Puck drop is set for seven. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Sywic.
0: ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
3: There are certain memories you have of great nights with great friends, memories that will last a lifetime. And if you're like a lot of folks. Many of those memories happened at 1728 West University Avenue in Gainesville. It's been many names over the years. The College Inn, the Purple Porpoise, Gator City, and six years ago, a new establishment was built at that address. The Social at Midtown. The Social at Midtown is Gainesville's favorite restaurant and rooftop bar and is located right across from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. The Social has 60 huge flat screen TVs so you won't miss one second of the action. And every night they have different specials. But you don't have to wait till the nighttime to head to the social. They open for lunch at 11 o'clock every day of the week. Check out their delicious menu at thesocialgnv.com. Follow them on social media to see the latest specials. It's time to make new memories at 1728 West University Avenue. See you at the social at Midtown.
9: Hey, sports fans, spring sports season is here. Basketball, baseball, softball, track and field, and the spring football game. Boy, am I excited. Well, now is the time to prune your trees and start preparing for those nasty summer storms. Don't wait until it's too late. Call Daughtry Tree Service today for your free evaluation. 352-472-2465. That's 352-472-2465. Or check us out online. At Daughtry Tree Service, we believe a job worth doing is worth doing right. We're all on this planet together, so join Odyssey and find your one thing. March is a great time for
2: spring cleaning, so clean out your old harsh cleaning products and detergents, and look for cleaning products with green certification. Better yet, make your own from household items like baking soda and vinegar. Also, get rid of hazardous materials such as paints, motor oil, and pharmaceuticals at proper disposal locations to keep them out of the water supply. Join Odyssey, and together each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing?
0: From the Spanish word el legato, which means the lizard. The Florida Gators come from Gainesville, which translates in English to champions. Touchdown for
3: the Gators. A gutsy play call by the Gators.
0: We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF. The radio home of the Florida Gators. The WRUF radio app, your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 a.m., WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gatorhead football coach Billy Nath here.
11: You're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM. 8.50 a.m. WRUF. Anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
1: Spring practice continues for the Gator football team today as well. All right. You know, it's just a shame I have my next guest, Brad Spielberger, from Pro Football Focus, who covers the NFL. Brad, really a shame that nothing's going on. It's so dull in the NFL these days. Um, Yeah, I'm kidding. Welcome in. Uh, Where do we start here? Um... Let's start with Deshaun Watson. And I hope I ask a fair question here, Brad, but you, you, you cover the league. He's not going to be criminally charged. I understand that. But he could face suspension from the NFL, and he has these civil lawsuits hanging over him, and yet a team gives him a fully guaranteed contract given all that hanging over his head that logically doesn't make sense to me but does that i guess that makes nfl sense is that a, or the right thing to say
2: so the, the the thing here was because deshaun watson had a no trade clause in his contract it effectively made this a free agent operation i mean this was not actually a trade and and the teams were not actually negotiating with the houston texans they basically had to give Houston just enough to get in the conversation for Watson, and then it became a free agent negotiation. And obviously, you know, he doesn't care what, tri- what draft picks or players this new team is sending to Houston. He cares about his contract and protecting himself financially. So it, it does, you know, make sense is a hard way to put it. But, yeah, it does make sense how it worked out for him. I think the, the, the interesting fallout of this will be going forward with players that tried to negotiate these no-trade clauses. Obviously, this is kind of a a fringe case, but nevertheless, it's going to be harder for players and agents, in my opinion, to get that language into contracts because of situations like this.
1: All right, let's do the quarterback spinning wheel here. Winston to the Saints, Mariota to Atlanta, Ryan to the Colts. Where does Baker Mayfield sit in all of this?
2: I really think the only team remaining is the Seattle Seahawks. If they want to get into the mix there, um, he's owed an $18.9 million 50-year option for his deal, so not cheap. Um, They can clear the room. They can make the room. And they obviously all they have right now is Drew Locke under center um, on their depth chart. The interesting connection there as well is that Alonzo Highsmith was the VP of player personnel, in 2018 when the Cleveland Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, and he now is a senior personnel executive with the Seattle Seahawks. So that's the connection. That is why that team makes sense. They're also just, you know, I think the only team remaining besides the Carolina Panthers that really desperately need a quarterback. So I I think that's the only destination remaining for him at this point.
1: What teams in free agency do you think have helped themselves the most?
2: I think a lot of teams have done well, but I think the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals addressed the holes they needed to. A lot of things we pointed out coming into the offseason, and they did so without completely breaking the bank. So, for the Los Angeles Chargers, obviously make a huge splash trade for Khalil Mack, but I really like the signing of cornerback J.C. Jackson. Five years, $82.5 million, which sure is a lot of money, but... $16.5 $16.5 million per year is below where many prognosticators saw that coming in. I had it at $18 million, and frankly, I was on the lower end of the guesses there. Um, and then I love the move to bring in nose tackle Sebastian Joseph Day, who was with the Los Angeles Rams last year, so has worked with head coach Brandon Staley in the past, just kind of shores up their entire defense, which was their problem last year. Um, and then for the Bengals, their offensive line. We all We all talked from the Super Bowl until the first day of free agency, we all talked about their offensive line. They signed right guard Alex Kappa from the Buccaneers, center Ted Karras from the New England Patriots, and, and yesterday finalized a deal with right tackle Lyle Collins, who the Dallas Cowboys released. All three of those players are massive upgrades for that offensive line.
1: All right, let's talk about the Florida teams. I mean, obviously Brady coming back as like a free agent, you know, signing or whatever, but as you assess what the Jags, Dolphins, and Bucks have done Give me your give me your thoughts there.
2: Yeah, I mean the Jaguars have, have improved their roster, but a, a, at a cost. You know they have no concept of value. They do kind of have to pay the Jaguars tax. I mean that is the reality of the situation. You're trying to convince players to go down there to a team that is picking number one overall for the second year in a row. As more and more articles come out every day about the crazy things Urban Meyer was doing, you know, so it's hard to do so, but. I mean, the $18 million per year deal for wide receiver Christian Kirk, who has never had a 1,000-yard season, is insane. The $15 million per year deal for linebacker Foyer Aloukoun, good player from the Atlanta Falcons, still an insane value. The three-year $24 million deal for Zay Jones, a wide receiver four for most rosters, an insane deal. So nevertheless, they are a better team. Trevor Lawrence has a lot more help around him, but they just spent with reckless abandon. Um, As for the Buccaneers, I think they had a phenomenal offseason. They did lose. Both guard spots in left guard and right guard, but they made a trade with the New England Patriots um, to, to bring in a really really good right guard to replace and Shaq Mason to replace Alex Kappa who went to Cincinnati. They also brought in I think a really smart move for them was wide receiver three now Russell Gage from the Atlanta Falcons. He'll probably operate as the number two while Chris Godwin recovers, and I think that was an important signing for them. Miami's been kind of quiet. You know, They, they came into this offseason near the top of available cap space, a lot of money to spend, a new head coach. Oftentimes those teams can be aggressive. I'm not going to hold it against them that they haven't been aggressive, and they are trying to sign left tackle Teron Armstead, who is kind of arguably the, the number one free agent on this entire class. If they get that done, it'll go a long way. They've kind of just not really done much, though, more focused on bringing back some of their own players.
1: Final question. Is there a team um, that that was not in the playoffs last year, and maybe the Chargers qualify here, that you think could be a playoff team based on what they've done so far? Would the Chargers fit that bill? The
2: Chargers absolutely fit that bill. They obviously are in this, this gauntlet AFC West division that is, you know, everyone there is going crazy with the spending and trades and all the things they're doing. But they do stick out as a team that could now get in the playoff mix. I think the Denver Broncos make sense in that conversation. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns make sense in that conversation. And one other one, kind of more under the radar, is the Baltimore Ravens, who were decimated by injury last year. I like a couple of their signings. Bring in right tackle Morgan Moses on a three-year, $15 million deal. One of my favorite value signings of the entire offseason. If they can just get healthy and just play Ravens football, there's no reason they're not back in the playoffs next year as well.
1: I wouldn't do an interview with you if I didn't mention Aaron Rodgers. So Devontae Adams goes elsewhere. That, to me, is frightening if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Where do the Packers go now to get him weapons?
2: They have to do something. They cannot just rely on this draft class, even with multiple first-round picks and, and multiple first- and second-round picks, and a very talented class. I think they still need to explore potential trades. One veteran I like is Houston Texans wide receiver Brandon Cooks, who, of course, has been traded a bunch of times in his career. All he does is show up and put up a 1,000-yard receiving seasons wherever he goes. He's one of two players in NFL history to have a 1,000-yard season for four different franchises. A rookie contract player they could try to go after is Seattle Seahawks wide receiver D.K. Metcalf. I think that would take a big trade, and they'd probably sign him to a pretty big extension right away. Um, Those are two guys, though, that I'm calling and forcing the GM to hang up on me, um, you know, uh, because they have to. They they do not have a viable wide receiver on the roster as of today.
1: Yeah, I I totally agree with you. As always, Brad, where can people see your work?
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad, and you can find all of our work breaking down all this free agency news and and analysis on PFF.com.
1: Pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Knows the stuff. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. It's amazing to me, but I know it firsthand. Something that he said, being a Jets fan, I will tell you what two former Gator players who played in the NFL told me about the Jets franchise. And it's what we're seeing now with the Jaguars. Players did not want to play for that franchise. They did not. Because they felt it was dysfunctional. They felt that they weren't going to win. And so... They did everything they could possibly do to not go there. They told me the only reason you went there was to get paid. So, if you won a Super Bowl, if you had a ring and you wanted to, you know, make more money with a team, you suffered and went to the Jets and knew you were going to suck, but you're going to make more money. Exactly what's happening with the Jaguars, he said it. Okay, they overpaid a ton to get a guy like Christian Christian Kirk. God bless him. If he gets over a thousand yards for the Jags, that'll. I mean, and 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 look, Trevor Lawrence had to get some help. They just overpaid to get the help, the help, and how much help is it really going to be but that's the jags franchise is in the exact same place as the jets because nobody wants to go there because they their front office is terrible and they don't win but if you want to make money you suck it up and you you take the losing we'll see if that culture changes and maybe that's what they're starting to try to do but it's going to be a long long Road for that franchise. Coming up, Hour 2 of Sports Scene. Thank you for tuning into to the first one. You're listening to ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
4: The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing and always need to stick your fingers to test your blood sugar. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. Apply a discrete sensor on your body and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger sticks. If you are living with type 1 or type 2 diabetes and you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump,
1: If you're suffering every day with joint pain, stop and listen. You can get real lasting relief now with natural biologic treatments at QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative solutions that can restore and repair damaged tissue. No surgery, no drugs. This is the relief you've been hoping for, for your aching hips, knees, shoulders, lower back. The unique protocols of QC Kinetics were created by a physician with years of study in regenerative restorative medicine. They're treating patients every day in hundreds of clinics nationwide with remarkable success. Life-changing results, zero downtime. It's the new, better, smarter, non-surgical, non-invasive way to deal with joint pain. And they're right here, ready to help you now. Call for a free consultation. Make this spring and summer your best ever with no joint pain holding you back. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics now. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. Welcome to
0: Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM W R U F. Hour 2
1: of Sports Scene commencing now. Davis producing the broadcast today. Hope you enjoyed the first hour. Lots of guests in the first hour. This hour, it'll be us, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Uh, there's going to be a lot of this going on. The new basketball hires in the SEC, introductory press conferences, Missouri is having theirs right now. Their new coach, Coach Gates, came from Cleveland State. I wonder how that excited the fan base. Again, look at the hires of the coaches in the SEC. Look where they came from. They are not from established big-time programs. Very rarely... Do you leave one established program for another? That's just not how it is. By the way, in the SEC, Gator Baseball with Bethune-Cookman. Hope you heard Coach Hernandez from uh, BC on with us. Georgia plays Georgia State, a team the Gators are familiar with. Moorhead State's at Kentucky. Butler is at Tennessee. Auburn plays South Alabama. Alabama. Ole Miss at Memphis. South Carolina is at the Citadel. Vanderbilt plays Belmont. And Texas A&M is at Rice. Mississippi State plays tomorrow. They'll be at home against Southern. LSU, Florida's next opponent, doesn't play until tomorrow. They will be at home against Louisiana Tech. And then the Thursday, Friday, Saturday baseball series, is Vanderbilt at South Carolina. Boy, poor South Carolina just got swept by Tennessee, and now they get Vandy. Yikes. That's, that's a tough way to start the SEC. All right, let's get calls. 392-8255. You can email Russell at wruf.com. What do you make of the Urban Meyer stuff? F- frankly, I'm not surprised. And again, that's not a knock on Urban Meyer. That That's just who he is. And he thinks by his, you know, he he did not make, you know, clearly he believed, at least in my opinion, that the college way, you know, what he did successfully in college was going to work at the pro level. It rarely does. Rarely does. Steve,
6: I have a question about that, though. So if he's saying he didn't know all these different stars, do you think that means he didn't focus on the scouting of other teams and that worked in college? How do do you think that that is the translation saying what worked for him in the college wasn't working
9: for the pros?
1: Yeah, I think it depends at what level you do that as a head coach. Okay, For example, even in college, does the head coach go in and get into the weeds in terms of the – you know, defensive plan for the game. I think you you usually know it, you know, what it is. I don't know if you get into the weeds about it, but certainly, I mean, if you're... I've never coached for the Rams, but I know who Aaron Donald is, right? So, I mean, but that's how laser-focused he is. He is focused on just whatever it is he's focused on, and that's, in part, what made him successful, and I think ultimately what made him unsuccessful in the NFL. I, I said it. I, I always have liked Urban, get along with him, but on the show many times. I But when he was hired, I just didn't think it was a good hire. I, I I was hoping he'd be successful, but I didn't think he would be because of things like we're starting to see now. You're dealing with grown men. You You can't be if if what is being said is true you cannot be verbally abusive with your staff at the NFL level you know maybe at the college level you can get away with that more you know remember when urban was here he had the pit everybody remember remember that the pit was if he thought you weren't doing what you were supposed to do or you were quote hurt you went down to the pit and you worked your rear end off it was almost punishment okay you can't do that in the NFL they're grown men You can't. Those kinds of things don't work. Williams says about basketball, I'll be blunt, never expected us to land a big name, nor did I expect that to be our approach. I'm not sure any person with in-depth knowledge of the program did. I'm happy we have a change. I've said for years, if the new coach has a lower floor but a higher ceiling than white, I can live with that. I think we have a boom or bust higher with Golden. The analytical approach is one I'm good with. just FYI, Watch out for Chris Jance at Mississippi State. He's well connected in the Juco world, which plays well at Mississippi State. We need to put this to bed uh, and give this baseball team the attention it deserves. We need a Sunday starter desperately excited to see how Polk looks tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think hopefully uh, he'll he'll perform better, maybe stretch him out a little bit more. Uh, we will see. All right, let's get some calls. Three nine two eight two five five. Byron, you're up. Hello.
12: Hey, Steve. Uh first off, Steve, I give a shout out to T V twenty. Uh I need to go look at the YouTube to see Trey Man. But uh I don't know if that was a season high last night, but they lost to my Celtics. But uh he had probably one of his best games and I I hope him much success with Oklahoma. And uh speaking of the Celtics, Steve you know, Steve, around here, we're not big NBA fans, but, uh, you know, back in the days when uh, uh, Philly had this, uh, Dr. J and Boston had burdened them, and, and, and New York had you and those guys, it you know, we, Miami was coming on, but that was the hub, and, and I kind of was through that area. But i just love to know what it feels like up there because, you know, Boston is coming on, Steve, you know, and I'm not just jumping on the bandwagon. And, uh, you know, you got Brooklyn and, and Philly, man, you know, m b take my hat off to him. And and real quick, Steve, I want to shout out to Coach Donovan, you know, Chicago. So I'm real fired up by the NBA, which is one of the few people down here. And, Steve, also, I want to give a shout out to the NCAA tournament. Man, that's some great basketball. I'm so proud of those guys. You know, even to say I was once a basketball player, it feels good, That you know, and I think it's doing good stuff. It's, it's always some bad seeds, but, you know, that's a great tournament. Great guys, great coaches, you know, even the guys retiring. I don't want to get into names, but – it's done a lot of good things. And last but least, Johnny Wiggs over to Santa Fe. And like we were talking yesterday, Steve, it's always good things. And for just the win in Florida in junior college or something, Johnny. So congratulations for your wins, and go Gators.
1: All right, Byron, thank you. I wonder why I would say, and and maybe I can have you chime in on this, When I sit in this chair, sometimes I unfairly judge popularity of a sport based on the calls. Now, we know how many calls were made about Gitterman's basketball. But it wasn't because it was popular. It was because it was popular to bash the coach. That doesn't mean... The fan base isn't there. But I want to talk about that fan base just a minute. There are some, and I get emails about this probably daily, okay? There are some of you who believe that I bash, and I'm using that word because that's the word I get, that I bash fans. And let me just say something. I do not. Do I call call you out once in a while? Yes, absolutely, I do, and will continue to do so. But bash is a pretty strong word. But let's let's just be honest about it. Okay, there's a group of fans in any school, and for any team, that are bandwagon fans and fair weather fans when a team wins. You know, they wear the colors. When they don't, they complain. That's, and it's not, that's not just Florida. That's anywhere. But I think what is lost today, and I'm going to repeat what I said last week. When I went to school here, okay, I know, I know. But when I went to school here, Florida had never won an SEC football or basketball championship. I want you to absorb that for just one minute. Okay? Forget about national. Florida had never won an SEC championship in football or basketball. Today, why would you go watch those teams play? Why? They don't win. They didn't win anything. Okay? Okay? I went, as a a student, to watch football. I went to, to, to watch basketball. And yeah, you know, did I want my team to win? Of course I did. But I also liked it when I saw, you know, the great players that have come through the SEC and played here as well. But I wonder if, given today's technology and given today's thought process, how many fans would have really gone back then and watched Gator Sports? I would venture to say a lot fewer because it's all, now it's all about winning. If you don't win, you don't go. And there's only one sport on this campus that can survive that, and that's football. If basketball doesn't win, people don't go watch that team play. If baseball doesn't win, they won't go watch that team play. Uh, That's just how it is. I'm not saying it's bad, but how it is. Gator man, what's up?
13: What's going on, Steve? I agree with you 100% 100 wholeheartedly. You know, I've been a Gator fan all my life, and the bottom line is, I mean, once you get a taste of that national title, you want more. When you don't get it, I mean, you get upset. and You always want to blame the coaches, but the bottom line is, it's uh it's a composite uh problem I mean if you don't coach you don't win there most of the time they don't have the players didn't get the break but we as fans we uh, we just get spoiled sometimes
1: oh, yeah, of course and and that's any fan base I mean you don't think Patriots fans have been spoiled by Bill Belichick of course what do they expect they expect if you don't go to the super bowl oh, I mean that's how it is
13: Oh, no doubt, no doubt. But, you know, yeah, yeah the real fans, they're going to show up no matter what. I mean, you got the bandwagon fans. That, well, they ain't winning, so I'm not going They they let the other fans worry about uh, picking at them, about their fan that their team is not very good, and that gets, that bothers them some. But doesn't bother me any And that leads to my top ten, Steve. I heard a guy yesterday, he, he had to come out basketball. Well, I got the top ten reason I wholeheartedly disagree with the caller yesterday who said – Florida was not even Tennessee in basketball, and I got the top ten reasons I disagree with that. Oh, well, number 10, at this point in their career, I would take Golden over Rick Bowen seven days a week and three times on Sunday. Number nine, when you think of Tennessee basketball, what name comes to mind is Pat Sonnett. Number eight, Florida has been to the Final Four with two different coaches. Number seven, how many Final Fours have Tennessee men been to? When you get to zero, stop me. Number six, who does Tennessee men play this week? Nobody. Number five, UF five final fours. Number four, Tennessee men, how many? Zero. How many national no titles Tennessee men have? Zero. The Gators got two. And number, number two, you may, may not be Kentucky a Duke. And number one, no, we are not Kentucky a Duke, but Tennessee men, they are not flawed either when it comes to basketball. Steve, you have a good day.
1: Gator Man, thank you. One fifteen time check brought to you by Hey Shillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF.
0: Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF.
10: Good afternoon, I'm Victoria Seilich. Florida baseball is back in action tonight at home versus Bethune-Cookman. With this matchup, the Gators will look to improve their 15-5 season record. Catch coverage starting right here at 555. In softball, Florida is set for a pair of midweek games versus Stetson. The fifth-ranked Florida Gators will travel to the land today to take on the Hatters. First pitch is set for six. Also, the men's golf team is competing in the Linger-Longer tournament. They are currently sitting at third, 11 under par. And finally, in the NHL, the Tampa Bay Lightning face off against the Carolina Hurricanes tonight. The Bolts are currently second in the Atlantic Division behind the Florida Panthers. Puck drop is set for seven. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Victoria Sywick.
0: ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
10: Folks, Southeast Cardsy
1: here in Gainesville understands now more than ever about the value of a vehicle, right? With gas prices being the way they are, they're doing their level best to bring you as much variety as they can to give you the best choice you can make in the vehicle that you purchase. But remember, if you want a new one, it's not the place to go. But it is the place to go if you're looking for late-model, low-mileage vehicles, the cream of the crop in vehicles such as this. Go online, secars.com. You'll see what vehicles they have in stock. They update it constantly, and all the pertinent information is there for you. If you want a test drive, if you want to go see the vehicles for yourself, that's easy too. Just go to their Northeast 39th Avenue location and Walk and see the vehicle for yourself. Test drive it. There are salespeople there to to answer any questions you might have. I have been a loyal and satisfied customer of Southeast Car Agency for years. I wouldn't recommend them if I didn't believe they were the best at what they do. When you go see them in person, make sure and tell them Sports Scene sent you to Southeast Car Agency.
9: Hi, this is Dr. Art Maury of Exceptional Dentistry. Listen to what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. They gave me a new mouth. <laughs> I'm stunned at how much more confidence that I have now because I have a real mouth
0: that, um, that I don't have to cover. My dentist for the past 30 years, I feel like he got to a place where I wasn't sure what to do with me.
4: This is Dr. Kim Mowry, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at ExceptionalDentistry.com. That's ExceptionalDentistry.com.
1: Hey folks, if you've been to Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries at Southwest 4th Avenue and 5th Street in Gainesville, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you owe it to yourself to go because you're going to love their food. They believe better ingredients make better meals. Try their classic burger, the Impossible, and the 100% all-natural chicken burger and fresh salads, too. You want a great shake? They've got those, including their new one, a Florida-grown strawberry shake. Open seven days a week. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. It's a beautiful day for a ball game. There's baseball to
0: Well, who's up first? Yes. Who? The guy up first. Who? The guy playing first
13: base. Who? The guy up first. Who is on first? What
0: are you asking me for? I'm asking you. Every Wednesday morning at 11, we invite you to join the radio team of former Gators pitcher Jeff Cardozo and Steve Russell as the International Diamond Center is proud to bring you On Deck. Our baseball radio play-by-play battery will analyze and evaluate the latest with the Gators, SEC, and everything taking place in college baseball. Rotations and Mr. Rawlings are always front and center. Last season,
1: I led this club in ninth inning doubles in the month of
0: August on deck presented by the International Diamond Center with Jeff Cardozo and Steve Russell Wednesday mornings at 11 right here on ESPN 98 1 FM 850 AM WRUF from pylon to pylon Pylon! we are your home for all things football You are listening to ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more Sports Scene with Steve Russell, here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com.
1: Phone lines are filled. I like that. We'll start with Rob. Rob, hello.
11: Steve, good afternoon on this lovely Tuesday. Yes, sir. Now we got spring football coming up, and I was just wanting to inquire: What do you think Billy Napier is wanting to get out of the spring? Is he trying to install the offense? I don't think so. But what do you think he's trying trying to get out of the spring?
1: Well, of course, he's trying to install the offense and defense. Sure, he is, Rob. I mean, that's. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna do everything in you know fifteen practices, but I mean, right. he is trying to install you know the basics of what they do. Uh, I heard him say something after practice the other day that really stuck with me. Uh, he basically said, "If you're going to be a good football team, you have to learn how to practice well." And I think, as as dumb as that sounds, you know, on the surface of it, uh, I get his point totally. You know, he yeah. wants to make sure that whatever it is that he and his staff want to accomplish in practice gets done and that the players go about their business in the right way. And I think that's what a lot of successful teams do.
11: Yeah. It's trying to build a structure and that the players can lean against. And, um, yeah, you're going to have to sacrifice. I mean, that's one of the things Urban Myers teams did is he worked them to death, but by sacrificing, they became champions. And, um, you know, Billy, Billy's put together a good structure and I hope, you know, we'll get to know the team and, and see what happens during the spring. But it, to me, they, they're no name team right now. There's a bunch of no names and, um, out of that can come good or out of that can come bad, but I think he set it up well and everything, you know, they've got a clear vision, no fogginess. Um, you know, the last coach came in here and said he wanted a relentless effort. And, um, you know, that kind of fell off after his first year or so. And we would have never thought that with Dan Mullen. So I hope, you know, Billy brings brings the noise, Steve. Y'all have a good one.
1: Okay, Rob, thank you. Uh, Box and Jim, hello.
14: Hey, Steve. I was just thinking uh, about uh, Jones uh, leaving. Uh, and I was thinking uh, I, I can name at least five quarterbacks. Well, I'll, I'll, maybe not to name them all, but left Florida. And, uh, had pretty good success. Uh, well, one of them, I think, uh, Newton won the Heisman Trophy in a National Championship, but then we had, uh, the quarterback went to West Virginia Greer. Then we had one that went to North Carolina State and then Marshall. And then one, the quarterback from Lakeland that went out to a school in Louisiana that had pretty good success. Uh, some of them went into the NFL. So I, I was just wondering. Mm-hmm. Uh this conversation is much to do about nothing and a little significance to anyone here at cheat. But I Yeah, I was, I was kinda wondering that. where you were going with
1: that, but okay.
14: Well I, I'm just a little trivia. I, I I just you know, why is it okay, here's the question. Why does it seem that quarterbacks leave Florida and find success at other schools and some at the next level? Now Frank's didn't, but uh that's six quarterbacks, but Frank. Well Frank's successful. did find
1: success. He was a starter well,
14: Yes, that's, that's true. That's true. He was at Arkansas, and I, I liked the guy and all. Just didn't like him as a guy. But and I guess uh, he was, uh, I guess
1: on a on the NFL team for a little while, wasn't he? Yeah, and I, I guess the. I mean, I don't know what the point is you're trying to make, <laughs> but I mean, Florida's not by far, you know, mm-hmm. not the only school that that's happened. Look at Georgia, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Look at oh, their yeah. quarterbacks recently gone other places and you know played well. So that's just how it is now. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, and fans better get used to it. Well, I, I guess I, I need to I need
14: to say something positive about John's, So leaving Florida, then most likely the trend is he'll he'll have success at the next school, and I, and I hope he does because nothing against him personally, just didn't like him and I gave you the points. Just j- just talking, and see. Okay. Have a
7: great
1: day. All right, Jim. Thank you. PG, hello.
7: Hey, Steve. Um, not really sure what to think of the basketball hire, but the more I dig uh, into his background, you know, I really like it. I like some of the things Strickland said and some of his uh, offensive schemes, and so I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic on that. Uh, but listening to the shows and, and kind of some of the fans' thoughts, and then some, of, you know, some of the return on what some of those fans have thought, I wanted to ask you a question. So. We don't really look at Florida as a blue blood. I mean, whatever that definition is, because we've talked about that a lot. Right. But have you ever seen a program, football or basketball, in a collegiate D one Division one, where one coach, kind of, it's like okay, Florida won two national championships, went to I can't even give you the Elite Eights and Final Fours, but a bunch. One with Kruger, so one without Billy Donovan. Where it's like, well. Yeah, you know, that was the, that was the coach. You know, only the like not only the coach, but the coach brought them to that level. So, an elite coach, rather than a good program, not an elite program. Can you think of another example of that?
1: Well, uh, let's qualify this a little bit. I get the use of your word "elite." Remember, Lon Kruger was the first to get into a Final Four, so yes. it, it had been done prior to Billy. Now he took that. And obviously, put that at the next level. Um, I'm trying to think in the SEC. I to, can't to that level. I mean, you know, Kentucky's had numerous. So you you throw though you throw them out because they are a blue blood when it comes to that. Um, but no, I I don't think in the SEC. I mean, look look at Auburn. Sonny Smith was successful, but not Billy Donovan successful. Alabama's had a couple of head coaches, you know, C.M. Newton, who was good, but, you know, they weren't, you know, Florida successful. So just top of my head, no, not, not to, to where that level is for no. Florida.
7: No, it's pretty extraordinary. I mean, Billy, basically, when he was here, that's why it's such, a, such an ar- argument because it really, objectively, they were a blue blood program if you look at the accomplishments. Now, when he leaves, it's like, well, they're not a blue blood program. They're not an elite. I'm just gonna say blue blood and elite are the same thing. They're a good program, and I just I've never seen that before. I mean, Shashevsky stayed at Duke. You know, um, other schools that have had those successes have multiple coaches, but I just was daydreaming thinking about that. I was hopeful when the Gators were on all, on that run with Donovan that you know it would stay like that, you know, and and uh, not. The success Billy had I'm not saying I mean that's almost unsustainable but I mean the program would be looked at like that and, and the fans would show up like that and so anyway I've never seen anything like it so well,
1: P- P-G, before you go let me throw a couple of things at you here to illustrate your point I think it's mark here the other day commented when he was doing the hoop there it is show there is no next Billy Donovan And he's absolutely right. Look what's happened. Philip Fulmer left Tennessee. Look what happened to Tennessee. Bobby Bowden. Now, did Jimbo Fisher win big there for, you know, yes. But look where that program, you know, so maybe Jimbo Fisher would be an example of what you're talking about because they won a national championship after Bowden had won. So, I mean, maybe that's an example where you could say that did happen, but then they fell off the map rapidly. Miami, right? They have had multiple coaches, you know, Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, even Larry Coker. So, I mean, it's been done, but not a lot.
7: Yeah, and and my point, yeah, I totally
1: agree. My point is
7: I haven't seen a program just have one coach take it to that elite level, sustain it for what was Billy here, 18 years? So almost two decades. And then the program just kind of is looked at like that wasn't so much the program, it was the guy running the program. Now, the program isn't bad, I'm not saying that, but like you get where I'm going at. Sure, out that? yes, so, yes, I do. Anyway, hopefully okay. this guy comes in golden and does big things. So, all right, thank you.
1: PG, thank you. One thirty time check brought to you by Hayes-Jurley. Half an hour left, still plenty of time to hear from you. ESPN, one FM, 850 AM, WYUF.
0: Live from Weimar Hall on the campus of the University of Florida. ESPN 981 FM 850 AM. WRUF.
3: People who love boating and fishing choose Ranger Boats every time. From their fiberglass and aluminum to saltwater and pontoons, Ranger has just what boating enthusiasts have loved about beauty and performance for years. There's no better time to step up to a Ranger Boat. Powered by Mercury Outboard Engines, for a boating experience second to none. See them now at Polaris of Gainesville, your authorized White River Marine Group dealer. Highway 441 between Gainesville and Alachua. Online at
9: polarisofgainesville.com. Do you have a power sports vehicle you're not using or don't want any longer? Polaris of Gainesville is looking to buy your used power sports vehicle right now. If you have a boat, ATV, side-by-side, jet ski, or motorcycle of any make or model, we're paying top dollar right now for your used power sports vehicle. Turn that dust collector into fast cash now at Polaris of Gainesville on Highway 441 between Gainesville and Alachua or online at polarisofgainesville.com. Connection is having whole home coverage with Cox Panoramic
2: Wi-Fi. Connection is also being able to control your Wi-Fi. So when you see a piece of dust crawling across the coffee table and realize it's a bug, you pause the Wi-Fi using your
9: Panoramic Wi-Fi app to call in the cavalry. Who turned off the Wi-Fi? One look and your fearless wife knows. Got it! Pause your Wi-Fi on any device, anytime, with Cox Panoramic Wi-Fi. In certain cases, panoramic Wi-Fi pods sold separately may be required for extended coverage. Restrictions apply.
3: Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, as well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. If you're a diabetic, we have great news.
0: the UF Weather Center. Here is your WRUF weather update.
4: After a warm and sunny afternoon, you'll notice increasing cloudiness this evening into the overnight. Low temperatures staying mild. They'll drop into the mid-60s. Tomorrow, a mixture of clouds and some peaks of sun. Highs still warm in the lower 80s, but we'll have a system approaching our area from the west. That's going to give us a good chance for thunderstorms tomorrow evening through Thursday. In the UF Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Megan Borowski.
0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Sometimes we get lost in all these debates or
7: we're
1: talking about how will the last couple of years affect how you will ultimately view the legacy of LeBron James. Sometimes you just need to take a step back and just appreciate this man for the greatness that is right in front of your eyes. His name is still revolving around the MVP conversation. Just appreciate the damn greatness.
0: Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 981 FM, 850 AM WRUF. We are your home for Florida Gators softball. We are ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the
1: WRUF radio app. All right, let's get some calls, emails, and such for the next 25 minutes or so. Three nine two eight two five five. Hey, D, how are you? Hey, what's up, Steve?
5: I hit a couple of your topics right quick. Um, sure. Get on the basketball coach right quick. Uh, look, Steve, I'm not going to pretend I know all about this guy. Um, but, you know, I watched a couple of their games. They run a pretty fast-paced offense. They like to score. Um, you know, they, they said uh, San Francisco was about to – the basketball program was about to go under, and he pretty much, you know, helped revive the program. So, you know, you know, we just got to give this guy a chance, man. I just think, Steve, if we wouldn't have got him, he would have got a job somewhere else, and probably in the SEC. I don't think he was going to get scooped up by somebody. And, you know, for people calling about Jay Wright, Bill Self, get out of here. <laughs> right. Those guys, guys, guys would never come in here. Why would they leave those schools? to come down here. Exactly. Those guys are institutions over there. So, I mean, you've got to be realistic when you're thinking about these hires. So, I mean, only time will tell you know, whether uh, he's going to work out or not. But like I said, I just think if we wouldn't have got him, somebody else would have and probably would have been Nancy.
1: And what fans don't like hearing here, and I'm going to use Kentucky as an example, okay? If Coach Cal either left or, you know, they found a way to get out of his lifetime contract, well then, maybe Jay Wright would go to Kentucky. You know, maybe Bill. Look, look what Roy Williams did. He coached right. at two blue bloods, right? So, but that's the kind of program you would do that. With all respect to Florida, they're, they're not, not there. there. They're not. Nope.
5: Uh, on your second second topic, Steve, uh, about the fans, uh, there's no way today's fans would be uh, what they were back then because. I just think Steve, there's there's too many options right now as far as as programming. I mean, if you have the technology and you can afford it, whether it's you know phones, TVs, or apps, there's not a game you can't see. I mean, it, but back then it wasn't that way. I mean, growing up in the '80s, uh, that baseball game of the week on Saturday was everything, and if you got two, you're really in the money. So, I mean, uh, like I said, man, I just think there's more options. You got the fantasy, the fantasy stuff with. Football and basketball. Then you have the gambling. So uh, you know the the days of you know sitting down and just rooting for your team on each particular day or whatever. Those days are gone because it's, it's just too many options. I,
1: I think the other thing besides options, D, and and maybe you know again when I went here you know hundred years ago, but the cost too. Right. It, it 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 tickets were free for students yeah. then right so i don't know you know if back then there was the same sense of well we better win because it's costing me you know x dollars to come up here whatever but it's not just a hotel room anymore it's not just the you know the mileage it's you know all the other stuff the the ticket prices are way i mean so yes <laughs> t- exactly it, for for the whether you, whether I'm old school and I don't like this, but it's the it's the reality. It's a fact. It is a factor in fandom because fans want to return for the money they're spending. I get it. Agreed. And with these these TVs coming out every year, Steve. I mean,
5: you can go you can go buy a nice TV for five hundred bucks and just you know stay home, get your food, get your drink. and yep. have to worry about that and watch any game you want to watch.
1: That's right. Yeah, me Steve. All right, man. Thanks, Steve. He's right, and 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 look, like I said, I, I'm old school. I I just think you go see the your team because you root for them. But I never, you know, as a Jets fan, I never went anywhere outside of New York to watch the Jets. Some people do that; that's their choice. They don't have to. And that's the other thing I tell fans all the time: nothing says. You have to spend a whole lot of money and travel to watch Florida play Ole Miss or Texas. You don't have to travel to Texas. You don't have to do that, but you choose to. And if you make the decision to do it, you want return for it. I get it. Stevens says, Surprised to learn the other day there's an SEC coach who in seven years at their school made the NCAA tournament four times. His team's advanced past the round of 32 just once. Sound familiar? Rick Barnes. Wonder why he's not on the hot seat. Because he's been more competitive in the league. And they see again, if you're a Tennessee fan, Steven, what are you complaining about? You're complaining about, I think, not making a run in the tournament. Because they have been competitive in the SEC, right? They're a two or a three seed. Same thing with Auburn today, right? How many people at Auburn are calling radio shows there and saying what a down year this turned out to be because we got beaten the second round by Miami? It's perspective. You You either judge, in basketball especially, you either judge a program by the NCAA tournament or by getting there. For some Florida fans, it wasn't good enough getting there, and it wasn't good enough not making a deep enough run. That's going to happen at Tennessee eventually, or at Auburn eventually if they don't get past a certain point in the tournament. Making the tournament will not be good enough for those fan bases, too. Richard says, surprise, South Carolina bumped Frank Martin. Really? Really? Yeah, they went to the Final Four. That was five years ago. Janet Jackson. What have you done for me lately? Right? Same thing. So what has Frank hand done? He, he didn't get to the NIT. Uh, but he hopes he finds a good gig somewhere. Ron says, too many callers living in the past. It's 2022. Wake up and move forward. That's good advice. Patrick says, "Surprised, Gino never tried coaching men's. No, no, no. I mean, because he says for the challenge. If you're happy doing what you're doing, then, and you're and you're doing it pretty well. I mean, did Pat Summit leave, too? They they made their own niche in that sport, so." if you do venture for the quote challenge, it's like going from college to the NFL. The good news is has it tarnished Nick Saban's image at all? I mean, yeah, you can go back and say, yeah, he didn't do great with the Dolphins. Okay, you can. Can you say he failed as an NFL coach? Yes. But is it going to tarnish his coaching legacy? Not in the slightest. So if Gino had done that, then, you know, Okay but he still was going to be terrific in terms of what he did at UConn. And then um, Ted says, kind of similar to the previous email here, he said, anxious to hear the new coach tomorrow, but you know, words are great. I think with this fan base especially, results are going to matter. How long does this fan base give him to be successful? Well, let's go to Billy Napier there. That's a great question. Okay. I think most people are expecting Gator Football to just be okay in twenty twenty two. After that, I think they want to see some progress. Well, now with the transfer portal, you can get better faster. And I think that's what some fans are gonna look at now in terms because you're you don't have to you have to get your own recruits in here. I mean, yeah, to some extent you do to fit what you run in football or basketball, but because of the portal now, you can get better more quickly. David says, as a booster, hated seeing Coach White leave. I'll have to think about if I want to renew my season tickets or not again. I was able to attend only six games last year. The rest of them I donated away. So I definitely am on the wait and see and pray that Strickland got it right. Well, time will tell. By the way, Dennis Gates, who is now uh, being uh, introduced as Missouri's new head coach, he does have some pedigree. He was an FSU assistant under, under Leonard Hamilton for years and, of course, helped recruit some of those terrific FSU players. But does it mean he can be a successful head coach? We'll see. One forty-four. time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry. One more segment, still time to hear from you, ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
0: Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF.
10: Good afternoon, I'm Kate Cairnanti. There are three Gator teams in action today. Gator men's golf is playing in the Linger Linger Invitational. Currently, the Gators are even on the day and in third place overall at 12 under par. Gator baseball is back in action after winning their series against Alabama this weekend. They moved up to number eight in the rankings and are 15-5 and five on the season. Tonight, they face off against Bethune-Cookman at 6 p.m. You can listen to that game right here at 5.55 p.m. Gator softball won their series against Texas A&M this weekend and are on the road today facing off against Stetson. Their game is also at 6 p.m. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Kate Carnanti.
0: ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM WRUF.
1: If you're suffering every day with joint pain, stop and listen. You can get real, lasting relief now with natural biologic treatments at QC Kinetics. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative solutions that can restore and repair damaged tissue. No surgery, no drugs. This is the relief you've been hoping for, for your aching hips, knees, shoulders, lower back, The unique protocols of QC Kinetics were created by a physician with years of study in regenerative restorative medicine. They're treating patients every day in hundreds of clinics nationwide with remarkable success. Life-changing results, zero downtime. It's the new, better, smarter, non-surgical, non-invasive way to deal with joint pain. And they're right here, ready to help you now. Call for a free consultation. Make this spring and summer your best ever with no joint pain holding you back. Call the local medical professionals at QC Kinetics now. Now with offices in Ocala and the Villages, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550.
3: Drugs and alcohol have real effects on your ability to drive. In fact, last year more than 800 people died in impaired driving crashes in Florida. DUIs
0: are costly and you will lose your license. You may even face jail time. DUIs will stay on your record for 75 years. Driving while impaired has real consequences. Impairment is no illusion. Never drive impaired. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor
9: Vehicles. Get ready for the biggest live music event America has ever seen. American Song Contest, the first ever state versus state showdown for best hit song, hosted by Snoop Dogg. California's going to crush it. And Kelly Clarkson.
4: Nah, it's all Texas.
9: Artists from every state performing original songs. Your vote determines who wins. Don't miss American Song Contest. Premieres live tonight at eight seven central on NBC.
0: Love listening to Gator sporting events on ESPN, 981 FM, at 8.50 AM? Well, you can also hear Mick, Jeff, Steve, Kyle, Tom, and Sky wherever you are with the WRUF radio app. Catch every touchdown, layup, spike, goal, and home run all in the palm of your hand. Gator games on the radio, on the web, and with you no matter where you are with the WRUF radio app. The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings at 9, right here on ESPN 981 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. And anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app.
3: I'm Mick Kubrick, voice of the Gators, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell on ESPN 981
1: FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, the flagship of the Florida Gators. Interesting, John sent me something here. Uh, it's called Ranker, and it says the best current college basketball coaches. All right. David, I'm going to have you come on here. Who would you say are the top three college men's college basketball coaches? Self? Yep. Right? Yep.
6: I'm blanking on his name, but I'd say Gonzaga.
1: Okay, Coach K, Shashevsky. Well, he's you got, you got two of the three.
6: Technically, because he's still going, I'd still yeah. put Coach K. But I'm kind of taking him as he's already kind of okay. moving out.
1: Um, the this is originally by Ranker NCAA Basketball, Jay Wright, Mike Shashevsky, Bill Self, Tom Izzo, Mark Few, Gonzaga, Scott Drew, Tony Bennett which is interesting because Virginia has struggled since winning the national championship. Kelvin Sampson, who I think has done a tremendous, and, and here is the thing about Kelvin Sampson. I don't know him, but in the summertime, I'm going to try to interview him. And the reason I am is because he, kind of like Bruce Pearl, cheated. But Kelvin Sampson had a show cause order. And he was out of coaching, and look at the job he's done at Houston. And he didn't have he's he's been minus two starters, right? So that's why he is a, my opinion, number nine is John Calipari. I wonder how many Kentucky fans think that today. And then Matt Painter, Purdue is next. Eric Musselman of Arkansas is eleven. Matt McMahon who I thought Florida would hire, is 13. Of course, LSU just hired him. Um, And then Leonard Hamilton is 16. Bruce Pearl is 19. Now, here's what gets me. Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's is all of a sudden number 20. Before the NCAA tournament, nobody even knew who Shaheen Holloway was. Tommy Lloyd, Uh, I'm just looking for Nate Oates at Alabama, is 24. Uh, Let's see here, trying to go down the SEC route. and I don't see, uh, Buzz Williams is 38. Uh, Jim Larinaga of Miami is 42. But you get where I'm going here, right? I don't see Florida's coach in here. But that's okay. That's okay. That could change tomorrow. Kermit Davis is 54. And he, supposedly, is the next coach in the SEC who might be on the hot seat. So it's kind of relative, isn't it? All right, let's get some calls to end. Let me say this, though. In the world we're living in of NIL, lawsuits, all this, the National College of... Players Association, has filed a civil rights complaint with the U.S. Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights, what they're saying is that more than 350 Division I colleges colleges, are violating black students' civil rights because of a collusive athlete compensation prohibition. Yeah, what they're basically saying is, in in English, I think, at these colleges, a lot of the athletes are African-American. They're black. And they, they allege that there is a compensation limit which causes black athletes to get less. That's essentially what they're saying. They're banking on what Brett Kavanaugh's opinion was in the Austin lawsuit. Remember that? And ESPN brought this up and said, in part, the NCAA and its member colleges are suppressing the pay of student-athletes who collectively generate billions of dollars in revenues for colleges every year. But the student-athletes who generate the revenues, many of whom are African-American and from lower-income backgrounds, end up with little or nothing, unquote. So that's what they're, they're using uh, this lawsuit for, the basis of it, okay? Uh, Stanford wide receiver Elijah Higgins said, it's important to first acknowledge the reality of the business that is college football, then recognize how the structure inhibits those disproportionately African-American athletes from tapping into the money they generate with their skill sets, abilities, and hard work. We will see where this goes. But as you consume the product, as you continue to be a fan of college athletics, this is where the pendulum is swinging. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't think college athletics is going to be more and more like pro sports your head is squarely in the sand it won't be as widespread but it's going to be where these athletes with the NIL and all this kind of stuff they're going to get paid you're going to see advertisements on jerseys you already you jersey sales are going to be allowed so The college game, and I'm not saying this is bad, but the college game that I grew up with is gone. It's completely gone. This is a multi-billion, with a B, billion-dollar business, and players finally have understood they have the power to earn money from this business. It's that simple. I mean, it it probably oversimplified a little bit, but there you go. By the way, the Gator gymnastics team, which has had a tremendous season, is the number two overall seed for the NCAA championships. They're going to be held at Auburn at the end of the month. Uh, Three other SEC teams will be there. This is the third year um, they're going to follow the regional championship format. There will be nine teams at four regional sites. The first round, the lowest two-seeded teams at each site compete to advance to the regional semifinal. At the regional semi, eight teams compete split into two four-team semis. The top two teams in each semi advance to the regional final where four teams compete with the top two teams advancing to the NCAA championships set for April 14th through 16th in Fort Worth, Texas. So the nine-team field for the Auburn Regional, Florida, Auburn, Kentucky, Denver, Ohio State, Georgia, Southern Utah, Iowa State, and Western Michigan. They open up March 30th in the afternoon so that's where Florida's going three of those SEC teams Florida Auburn Kentucky are all ranked in the national top 10 but obviously Florida has done well against them to this point so congratulations again to what's been a terrific season for Jenny Rowland's team but you know speaking of expectation right They're they're primed I think to make a big run, and we will see if, in fact, that happens. Final email today uh, from Joe. He says, uh, Steve, I really like the fact that Billy Napier is allowing media to see some of the practices. uh, Is there a lot to see? No, there's not a lot to see. They're not going to let you see, you know, a lot of stuff, but it's better than nothing. And when Billy Napier sat right across from me over here, he said something. That he's been true to. He said. I'm going to allow my assistant coaches to talk. You know during spring. And that's exactly what he's doing. You're hearing from. You know the coordinators for the position coaches. The strength coaches. They've all. They will all have a say here. As they. uh, As they continue. With spring practice. Culminating of course in the spring game. Which has been moved to a Thursday now. And why that. Well it's easy. It's called exposure. Most schools don't play their spring game on a Thursday. And Florida didn't want to share the spotlight of a spring game, so they moved theirs. So now they're going to get, you would think, better coverage because it's going to be the only one going on. That's, that's actually pretty smart marketing. Our thanks today to Johnny Wiggs, Santa Fe College's baseball coach, getting his 500th career win at the school. Jonathan Hernandez, the head coach of Bethune-Cookman Baseball. His team plays the Gators tonight. You can hear the game at 555. Brad Spielberger talking a little national football league from pro football focus. And, boy, there is an awful lot to uh, talk about uh, with that without any question. Thanks to David for producing today. Don't forget, tomorrow the uh, Coach Golden press conference with Scott Strickland will carry that live here. We'll interrupt sports scene for that at about 1230. You'll get to hear Scott and Coach Golden tomorrow Uh, as he makes his introductory comments as Florida's new men's basketball coach. That's Sports Scene for today. We thank you for calling, emailing, being part of the show. Always appreciate it when you do exactly that. I'm Steve Russell. Talk to you on Gator Baseball tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on Sports Scene. So long, everybody.
0: Gainesville U251CG Gainesville from the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios. We are ESPN 981FM 850AM WRUF